Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, Kevin McDonnell here, and welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast and this week's episode of Property News from Around the UK. So let's get straight into it. The Chancellor Rishi Sunak has announced the Winter Economy Plan, which includes plans for a new job support scheme and an extension of the Self-Employment Income Support Scheme. The report on the government website also highlights that over 1 million businesses will get flexibilities to help pay back their loans that they've taken out. The package of measures which applies to all of the UK includes support for workers, tax cuts and deferrals, giving businesses the flexibility to pay back loans and investment in public services. The full details have been published on the gov.uk government website if you want to go and have a read of the detail. Mr Sunak warned that the end of the furlough scheme ran the risk of many households facing further difficulties in paying their rents. So the announcement this week is an important first step to prevent this. That said, research still shows that private landlords across England have faced rental losses of up to £437 million as a result of COVID-19. It is vital that the government now follows the example set in Wales and Scotland and develops interest-free government-guaranteed hardship loans to help tenants pay off rent arrears built up as a result of the pandemic. So some good news if there's going to be support for tenants to pay rent. Let's see what happens. Now, where the government are talking about hundreds of millions of pounds of rent arrears, I've not really seen that personally in my portfolio. We've had a number of tenants not pay, but a very, very small percentage. We're looking at like 1-2% of our overall tenant base. Many people are paying rents. A lot of people at the moment are moving over to um, you know, government-backed schemes. A lot of people looking at um, various different ways we can get either universal credit type tenants, also supported living tenants. So various options where you have where you can get government-backed income. And this highlights as well where you need a diversified portfolio. And I've always said over the last few years that you want a mix of different strategies. I've got some HMOs, we've got single lets, we've got different types of tenants from professional to supported living to housing benefit tenants because you want to have a mix of property tenants so that you've always got income coming in no matter what type of climate you are in. It's only in times like this that you really see the need for a diversified portfolio. Also in the news, the Landlord Today website did a report about how capital gains tax changes could mean landlords pay less, not more tax. Now that's a really interesting way to look at it. So a leading housing market analyst suggests that the implementation of a capital gains tax change could mean that landlords pay less than they do under the current regime. Lucian Cook, head of research at Savills, says in a blog that historically, back when capital gains tax and income tax were the same level, there was a form of relief for inflationary gains. In other words, capital gains tax was not applied on all profits, only those in excess of one of the standard measures of inflation. So Cook says that the recent report by the Office of Tax Simplification, the same report that has triggered concern about capital gains tax hike, actually suggested that if the government is to reform the tax, 
it should also look at reintroducing a form of relief for inflammatory gains. That is only tax the level of gain on an asset above and beyond general levels of inflation. This would mean a potential benefit for most landlords who bought buy-to-let properties in the late 1990s and early 2000s. It will be interesting to see if there is going to be an actual increase in the capital gains tax and what the offsets would be if there is any introduced as well. So watch this space around what Rishi Sunak is going to be doing in the coming months around capital gains tax. Interesting times ahead to see how they're going to be taking back in all of that furlough money. So a little bit closer to home and what's been happening in the Progressive Property Facebook community. So if you're not already a member of the Progressive Property Facebook community, go on to Facebook, type in Progressive Property Community and click join. There's over 33,000 active property investors all sharing and supporting on their journey. So get involved. Philip Jones posted this week around the £1 million morning. So Philip mentioned that there is so many books out there about owning your morning. It's hard to know which morning routine works best. And he's just finishing off the 5am club, which to be honest, he's found a little strange. However, there's some great principles to take away. So he's asked the question about what does your morning routine look like? So it'd be great for anyone listening on the podcast as well to get into the progressive property community, look for Philip's post and share how your morning routine works. Chris Wakeman's posted saying, I get up when I want, except on Wednesdays when I get rudely awakened by the dustman. Brilliant, Chris. Book K has said she wakes up, reads her Bible, drinks hot water with cider, apple, vinegar, and gets ready for work to begin the day. Sorry, Desmond Brown's highlighted there's actually two five o'clocks in the day, the 5 a.m. and the 5 p.m., and he chooses to get up on one of those. I actually am a believer in it's not about what time you get up, but it's what you do while you're awake. Many people talk about this 5 a.m. They get up at five in the morning, and by sort of... 12 o'clock, they're tired, they're not as energetic, they're not putting as much into their hours. So for me, uh, I believe different people have different times where they worked best. Some people are early birds, some people are night owls. You need to work around a routine that works for you. Um, from my point, I like to get up around sometimes 5am, sometimes I'll sleep until 8 or 9. I listen to my body, I listen to what my body's feeling, and if I'm going to work late some nights, I'll work late. It's what is really important to me is what I get done while I'm awake rather than what time I get up. What's your routine? Share it in the community, let us know. Also in the community, Mars Robertson, so big shout out to Mars as well, um, talked about what to do when a property gets downvalued if you are buying or selling. So he's just had a text from his broker. Nationwide making a typo on their valuation was the question. He wasn't sure. Does it happen often or is it just him? So his property had been valued at 350 grand and not the 360k he was hoping for. Now it's not a massive downvalue, but what I've noticed a lot at the moment is there's been a bit of an upsurge in prices in the market, a little bit of a mini boom. And that's being created by a number of different things, such as people on furlough, people wanting to move to nicer areas. They're realizing that they, you know, the, the lifestyle is almost more important than the work style. Then we've got the uh, influx of foreign money coming into the UK. People trying to get their money out of the banks to make it safe in bricks and mortar because banks are only protecting 85 grand of your money. So the number, and the stamp duty holiday, so a number of things pushing prices up. However, 
what's happening with lenders is once you put your offer in, lenders are then sending the valuers out to value the property and the valuers are then valuing it down slightly because lenders are a little bit worried that what if there is a downturn next year? And remember, the lender is not lending against what you're willing to pay. They're lending against what they feel is a safe point to be in terms of risk um, loan to value. So valuers in some areas of the country are down valuing slightly. Now, I've done some revaluations and some perks where we've bought cash and then look at the refinance um, using JV funding. And we've had some of the valuations come back in absolutely spot on. And we've had some come in slightly lower. The difference, different lenders. So different lenders are looking at it in different ways as well. So shop around, ask your broker before you go ahead with a lender. Are you seeing, because remember these brokers are using these lenders all the time. So ask them, are you seeing any lender that seems to be hitting the valuations right? Or are you seeing any that are slightly downvaluing? And I want to avoid the ones that are downvaluing. Now, if I was buying a property and the valuation comes back downvalued, that's a huge bonus for me because now I can renegotiate my purchase price because you've got a proven RICS valuation, Royal Institute, Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyor valuation saying this property is not worth what we originally agreed. Renegotiate the price. That is, if you are selling the property, then clearly that's a different story. What I would do is work out before you sell your property, what price are you happy with? Try and get it sold at your price, but understand that there is a risk that there could be a down valuation. And then are you open to say, look, I'm going to pull out. I'm going to stick to my guns and go, look, that's what I want. I'm not. So you're either going to sell it at the price or not sell at all. Or you're going to say, okay, I will drop my price but try and meet the person halfway. So drop it slightly, but do not drop it fully. So that's what I would do in either of those two situations. Let me know again in the progressive community, what would you do or have you experienced any down values at the moment? What's happening in your area? Because we have got micro markets across the country. It would be great to know what's happening across different parts of the country and how the current um market climate has been affected in different areas and also different types of properties. So we're seeing uh, a lot of one bed flats in central London drop in price significantly over the last few months, but other types of property are holding their own. So which type of property has been affected the most at the moment during the current climate? So that's some news from around the world and some news from within the progressive property community this week. I hope you've enjoyed the episode. Remember, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. So the Progressive Property Podcast is out twice a week now. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you're listening to the next week's episode. Also, pop over to the Progressive Property YouTube channel. Subscribe to the channel. I did a YouTube video just last week. You want to go and have a look at it, how to get started in property. And I've done a tour of my investment area and showing people the types of property I buy, walked in and out of different types of properties, the streets, what we're buying, why we're buying. Go over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel and have a listen to that video. Hopefully it'll help you think about how you can get started in property too. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing. Amazing.